Hello, and welcome to the Ionomics Community Podcast. This is a weekly discussion of all things related to Ionomy and the Ion blockchain. My name is Michael D. Pomerantz, at MDP underscore ESQ on Twitter. And of course, ESQ refers to the fact that I am a former attorney, which means that I should right away tell you that nothing in this podcast is to be construed as legal or financial advice. Um, for my personal Twitter, you've got at MPOMY. Find out some non crypto stuff about me over there. This is an M Poppy production. Today on the show, we're going to be uh, featuring a really interesting conversation with Ryan Garrison of the Ionomy team. Um, I also have two quick crypto news things I want to highlight, not Ionomy related. And if you stick around until the end, there'll be a little bit of surprise. I hope I don't get in trouble for it. Um, this will be a case of uh, asking for forgiveness rather than permission, but hopefully it'll be okay. All right. So all of that coming up on the Ionomics Community Podcast. I want to get right into the uh, conversation with Ryan Garrison. Ryan is a big part of the Ionomy family, and he's doing strategy. He's doing tech. I mean, from my point of view, he has tremendous technical knowledge, although he will tell you I am not a, uh, quote, developer. Um, He's got great energy. He expresses himself really well, and I hope you'll enjoy our wide-ranging discussion. We tried to stay mostly focused on tokens. Uh, but we also went off on a couple tangents. I interrupted a few times to get Ryan to, you know, sort of take advantage of his knowledge and get him to do a little bit of crypto 101, like real blockchain basics. And then uh, I also asked a couple specific tech background questions, um, like what's the difference between coins and tokens? And that's important to understand as we get ready for Ion blockchain to start to include tokens. Uh, so I really appreciate Ryan coming on. I really enjoyed our talk, and I hope you enjoy it too. And here it is. We want information. 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 All right, so we have finally gotten the tech together to have a guest, and I'm very excited that Ryan Garrison from the Ionomy team is going to join us and talk a lot about tokens and about whatever else is on his mind. Uh, you can find out more about him at Ryan R H Y A N Garrison on LinkedIn. Uh, and now, uh, Ryan, thank you for joining us. How are you? Hey, how's it going? Uh, yeah, thank you for having me. I'm pretty uh, pretty excited about this uh, podcast. To be honest. It's like one of the best things is you've got the built-in audience, so you know that there's somebody who's going to be listening. But um, rather than uh, revel in that, I want to talk about this next phase of Ionomy that we've been seeing information on Twitter, we've been seeing news stories, and I guess it's actually here now that the XDM presale is over. What is going on with tokens? How do you introduce the topic of Ionomy tokens to the world if somebody says, why are you guys so excited about these tokens? You know, I so one of the things that there's a lot of tokens that exist, okay? Of course, you know, Bitcoin 
is designed to just hold Bitcoin, move Bitcoin, hold Bitcoin. That that's what Bitcoin is. Okay, it is the it is the originator. It is the one where I all I am able to do is I have Bitcoin. I moved the Bitcoin, and of course, at the end of the day, in the beginning, it was able to do. You could also mine Bitcoin to get it uh, for work, but at the end, but those are the functions of Bitcoin. Okay, so then there came in, um, you know, Dash had uh, a derivative of with master nodes or Oracle nodes or um, these these things are supposed to speed up the network, and you essentially hold a certain amount of coin, you lock it in, you get a payment. So that was a new iteration. That was a um, and you know, Pivx had adopted as well. And these are like these ideas of, I have a coin, and so if you want to make more coin, you give me a certain, you know, you know, you buy a certain amount of coin, you make it into what is called a master node, and you get payouts from that coin, right? So there's you know, the added value is there is little bits of payout for holding the coin, right? And, you know, I don't mean to ahead. interrupt, but you're you're into a great area for. A, a noob like myself. So one of the things, and I'm hoping you can clarify this, one of the things I always thought was that for coins like Ion and Dash and Pivx, mining is replaced by these nodes. Is that a, is that like a, a, the right way to think about it or is there something more fundamentally different? So, I mean, so Dash has a hybrid mining and staking, right? Um, so, and of course, Pivx is all staking and master nodes. So it's a true, you know, pretty much a hold coin, right? Uh, Dash does have some mining to it. So it's, it's not just, there's like a two-sided to the security. So the important thing to think about is once you, so essentially you go from Bitcoin where it's mining is what keeps the security. Then you go to Dash where it's like mining plus holding, which is staking essentially, uh, is where you get your security. And then you get to Pivx where it's just holding and staking is where your security is. So there's just like this slow transition. And so, um, you know, for Pivx currently, so, you know, it's very interesting. They designed, you know, they kind of got the, the heart of it. It's, you know, a, a pure coin for hold. It's definitely great for like the environment type thing where you don't like, don't spin up a bunch of machines that try to protect the network and there's a bunch of energy being wasted type thing. So um, the thing is, if we're talking about like what, so one of the questions we kind of brought up to ourselves was what does your coin do? Okay. So why does your coin exist? Um, and a lot of these, you know, some people might call them shit coins. Some people might call them, you know, we are scams, a shit coin whatever. friendly like, podcast. Yeah. So they might we call, can use you know, that term. our, People, you know, but the thing is, is you, what you're hoping is, is that your coin has something, a model of my coin will do X. Okay. And so currently with ION, before we get into a point where we have, to, you know, the introdu introduction of tokens, we essentially are, you know, you have doing exactly the same thing like what Pivx does. Okay. So we, you know, we, you do staking. You have a master node. That master node gives you certain rewards for holding the, you know, the, your twenty thousand coin or whatever. And so, at the end of the day, you know, without the introduction of tokens, Ion is just a 
you know, some would call it a ripoff of what uh, Pix is doing. But we've always had that idea of we start with being a fork from Pivx and we move into the idea of we are going to give Ion a job, something to do, something that is um, going to be of use to the world. Well, to, um, to be fair, I mean, my understanding when I got here and the ecosystem sort of already existed was that there was a gaming, existing gaming ecosystem where you could get additional functionality. I, I mean, maybe Pivx has something that I just don't know about it, but I, I always love how there's just continuing evolution. And I talked last month about how the Bitcoin maximalists just want to close the book on technology mm -hmm. for, forever. All right, so Ion's a Pivx fork. It's got this gaming interface, but really, for the most part, it still just works just like Pivx. Is the introduction of tokens going to change that? Yeah, and, and so... You know, if you think about the core of what your coin does, okay, the core of what your coin does is it holds coin, It you can send coin, you can, you know, produce coin by having a master node, whatever, whatever or you can stake it and you might you get rewards, right? So if you add, essentially you add on top of that a function that can create like this token idea where you can have it, so here's the problem, right? So for tokens, there are ways where you have a separate chain that holds your token data, okay? So my internal chain is you know, pure and it, does, it, it has all the information about my coin. And what happens typically with tokens is there's a secondary chain that just stores the token information that and, and so think about it as pure, let's just say like uh, um, um, uh, ETH, right? So like pure ETH chain is just doing ETH. And then a secondary token chain is doing token transactions. And, and, and they might be referencing each other, but at the end of the day, at the core, ETH is it's separate. It is in its own realm, and then these those extra chains essentially are in reference to the token. So, they, they, so you can essentially take away those those token chains, and at the end of the day, you just have ETH, and ETH can exist by itself. If you're saying that you can, if you can take away this second layer, and ETH continues to function as it's supposed to, are you saying that if I create tokens? And again, I might be jumping ahead, but if I create tokens on the ION blockchain, because I know it's not a second layer, I don't know exactly what that means, but if I take them away, will ION not function? So think of it in the sense of, first off, you can't take those tokens away with, so they are now integrated into the blockchain. That's the and difference. The, and the only way you can take them away is by essentially using the command to melt them. Okay, so you can mint the coin, you can melt the coin, but at the end of the day, if you don't melt it, that coin will just forever exist on the blockchain. And let's just say it sits in a wallet that is non-existent anymore. Well, a reference to that 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 minted coin will be there for forever. Now, whether or not it moves or not is up to you, but it will exist on the blockchain. That is a very clear uh, 
definition, explanation. I mean, I've there's been talk among the team about immutability, and I guess that's the thing that you just said is that's what they're referring to. In other words, if you don't, once it's minted, unless it's melted, and we should probably talk a little bit more about that in a second. But once it's minted, it's not. It, it's part of it's part of the ion blockchain. It's not Correct. a separate chain. Okay. Correct. And and uh, so essentially, so for so dark matter, right? So in essence, um, dark matter essentially is generated. Okay. Once dark matter is generated, the thing is, is we have a finite number. Our white paper tells us seventy-one thousand is the dark matter that will exist. Okay. And all of the dark matter that didn't sell during the um, during that that the selling phase on Ionomy, essentially any coin that wasn't sold will be once generated that that coin will be melted. It will it will no longer exist because that's that's what we promised to do. Um, is it's part of the, the, the whole deflationary model, right? We essentially are, have a block of seventy one thousand. We will then. Um, it's roughly the number is roughly twenty thousand will be instantly melted, and now the the number of total XDM that will ever exist is you know fifty one thousand. Uh, obviously, that number is exact, and I have I I don't have the exact number, but yeah, the, and, and we've gone over those numbers in specific in the past, but right, the idea of value concentration and deflation. Um, and scarcity have been things that I've been talking about a lot and finally starting to make sense to me. So is there another aspect to melting or is it just something that happens with regard to XDM? For example, could I create tokens that had deflationary properties? I don't think I can do that yet with the plan that Ionomy has at this stage. Well, and so you can, so in the sense of you know, I'm going to create a Ryan token. Okay. Now I tell everyone I have 50,000 tokens. Okay. Now here, now think about as, as a transaction, once I have made that token and it's its own little entity. Okay. So my 50,000 tokens with the name and the ticker that, and it has its own little unique ID that is, in other words, there's no way you could not like, this is a, a finite, transaction that occurred i cannot then go back and make more of these tokens it, it is the if i made it to fifty thousand, it's 50 that's it like there's no making 50 more um we of course in the future this is more for like a game dev type person you know if they you know let's just say they started with a hundred thousand tokens and then they turns out their game blew up and they need more tokens Yes, in the future there might be an option where you can come in, you can spend more money, you know, more dark matter, and there's a recalibration of the, the finite number. But in our current iteration, with what we're going to be releasing in the next uh, month, that number, like in other words, be very careful when you're creating your tokens, right? Because one zero, you're not going to be able to go back and make that zero. You know that let's say you did seventy one hundred instead of seventy one thousand. Okay, well you're gonna have to go. You have to recreate something because it's already that transaction's already existed and it's already done. Your dark matter's already spent. So if the 
game dev is not entirely sure about supply and maybe doesn't want to have an aspect of scarcity, is there an option to have, I mean, do you just pick a gigantic number or can you have an unlimited amount? I mean, you can, so yeah, I would say a gigantic number is the safe, you know, and that's one of the things I, I want to talk with developers. I was like, hey, like, what if someone makes a billion of these? Like, is that going to be a risk for our network? You know, what if they make a trillion? And they're like, actually, no, it, it just sits there. And it and as that trillion number, and then once you send it out, that's when it goes, you know, you send one over here and the rest is, you know, the trillion, you know, or you know, 99 billion, whatever, right? And so it doesn't take much instance. Now, if it's sent to a trillion wallets, which obviously don't, you know, no, no, no coin has a trillion wallets, then yeah, maybe there would be some issues. So. All right. And... Let's talk a little bit about some use cases for the tokens because it's starting to come into view, and we talked about this before, how you can put XDM in as payment or put in something else as payment and have it exchanged right at the Ionomy exchange. It's all in one place. And then you have some amount of tokens. Um, This is not you know, the fall of 2017 when shitcoining was going crazy. I mean, I think that alts are going to be coming back, but this is really thought, I, I, it, it seems like this is more intended for gaming communities. Is that is that fair to say? I would say, so there's two aspects to come from. The first aspect is the vision, the ION's vision of tokens, the initial vision has to do with game developers, has to do with, um, let's just say I have, you know, Army X app, and I want to have a certain amount of gems, and these gems, essentially, I can buy something, or, you know, and the problem is, you know, so this is like the mobile app kind of realm of, you can buy a loot box if you have enough of these gems. You can buy um, a special gun if you have these type of gems. And all you need to do is um, either earn these gems or you can buy them. And so when you buy them from iOS, or you buy them from Google Play, you essentially are, are you know, 30% of that money doesn't go to the developer. 30, 30% goes to like an Apple and the other 70% are actually gone going to, um, you know, to, to the, the game developer, right? So, like, there's already a loss of, well, you're on our platform, so here's 30% upcharge anytime you, you know, someone buys something off your game. So if I spend 99 cents, they're getting, like, 69 cents of that 99. So is that bad arrangement something that the, that the devs are still stuck with even in our soon to be active token system. Yeah. Well, and, and like, so if you would think from, you know, there's a lot of big game developed companies out there that, you know, they have a hundred, you know, they got millions and all that stuff and they have, you know, teams and teams. And so of course for them, it's like, we'll take the hit of the 30%, but we're talking about mid size to lower size. You know, these are like, you know what, I'm a new guy. I just graduated from school I have this awesome game dev idea. You know, one of the things we're also trying to do is raise, you know, being able to raise money through our, you know, the essentially the our game grid um, 
platform. And essentially, the idea really comes down to um, how do I uh, how do I re- how do I raise so either a it's raise the money so like that's someone who's new right or I have an app and I I would like to allow let's just say you know I have a weekly contest and I want that contest to, you know that person to win in the contest okay well I could essentially give them you know a certain amount of money and that certain amount of money instead of giving them through the app where they're going to they're going to take 30% either way I essentially could give them something on a like the Atomy platform and they could get 100% of that reward could go on Ionomy and they could they, they could essentially exchange that back to Ion you know once all that is set up there there'll, there'll be an option for that kind of thing and so if I want to give those people an opportunity to take here is a you know a reward and so you know how do you take that reward you know and and bring that out to real world real world cash right or real world you know cryptocurrency where i can go buy a uh you know like a best buy gift card or you know what i mean i essentially would need um some way of doing that and right now there isn't much of a way of doing that without having to pay huge fees and so and, and, and there's two sides of it right so game developer and customer right so sometimes the customer wants to buy gems for your game so they could probably get a really really discounted rate ionomy like maybe five percent or maybe it's it's one percent right depending on the, the time you do it and i you know i want to spend 20 bucks real world money so i i make you know let's say i put 20 bitcoin turn it to ion and i using using the ion platform I turn those um, essentially those into tokens, and those tokens are representation of those diamonds that that that, that help my game. And so that's I think that's the important part is understanding that there are two you know as a game developer, you know, mobile app developer, and you have all these you know. Of course, the model is you know cool additives to my my app. You essentially have one side of people needing. To you know, they want to put money in to be to better at the game. And people who you know, I've won this accomplishment, and you know, I won this tournament. So how do I get my winnings out of the game? So is there? I mean, the to me, the gaming part of it makes sense, and I know I just, I mean, again, this is a shitcoin-friendly podcast. So is there a, is there a non-gaming? use case that you can imagine or that the team has envisioned that can also be like satisfied or accomplished using this new token protocol that we've got coming out? Um, so I would, so what I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to go ahead and, and name drop um, essentially Bitcoin. Bitcoin Cash is one of their, their developers named Andrew Stone. Okay. Um, I, you know, we obviously during, you know, some where, where a lot of these tokens, you know, I'd say maybe, 75% of the original idea of what we had done came from the beginning of what Andrew Stone had done. And we had a lot of, you know, we had some meetings with him when we were working on these tokens. And essentially, my question to him and one of our meetings was, what was the original idea? What was the original reason why you thought, you know what, I want to make tokens and you know i like, why do i need to generate these tokens like what was the use case for you and you know his words were 
you know, what if I have a friend who has a house, okay? And let's just say, you know, they've fallen on hard times and they need to be able to, let's just say, kind of fundraise, uh, you know, for, for a mortgage. And he said, okay, so what, what my idea was, well, what if you could create a token, okay? And you'd create, let's just say you, the value of your house was $285,000, okay? So you create 285,000 tokens. And what you could do is, you could section out that 285,000 and you ask a friend, you know, your friends and your people around you and say, okay, you know, I, I'm trying to pay off my mortgage. You know, I, I want to get this, you know, in a good way. So can you, you know, if you give me $5,000, I'll give you these, a token worth of that $5,000. So when I come into a better financial time, I can take that, that amount of money that you are holding as representation and I can pay you that amount back. And so for them, this was like a um, kind of like a placeholder for friends uh, and like people in their, in their kind of community of like a private fundraising. And these are just essentially a way to hold and show that you, I bought $5,000 worth into your home. And so, of course, this isn't something that you want to get into a legal battle or whatever, but this is that's why it's friends. That's why people you know, essentially. And so... Yeah, I mean, it's already been shown as a pretty successful way to fundraise in a lot of cases. And I realize that there's issues like, is this a loan? Is this a contract? I, I, I understand that there, you could sort of superimpose this entire legal minefield on top of it. But when you say like you're dealing with friends, like this is a way that people can exchange value and have something that's an actual asset that isn't just representing value like a contract or a stock certificate, but it's an actual thing that has actual value. Um, well, and, and, you know, and one of the things that's important to remember is first off, you know, not every, not everybody's house is, is worth $285,000. Okay. So if I'm in New York and, or, you know, Long Island, I had a friend who they, it, it was a million dollars for their house out in Long Island. Okay. So first off, understanding that having finite value, of saying you have to do it in blocks of $50,000. Well, I need an actual representation of that number. I, I don't need a block. So if I want, if let's just say it was a $20 million you know, investment of a property, okay, well, you know, $20 million, 500,000, you know, and all the way down to the finite cents, okay, you essentially can make whatever that value is pertaining to you, you can have a very specific value. And then on top of that, um, you can give it the names and you can give it the enough information and you can, uh, you can also add a URL in there that might give even better information on your token to a little explainer. Okay. This is for, you know, this token, this was, a, this is the ticker name. Uh, and that, that URL will give you that little splash page of, Hey, I'm Ryan Garrison and this token was created for my, uh, mortgage and representation of my mortgage and the people who owe this token um, uh, own a certain position, uh, you know, in my house and this is my fundraising. And so that idea of you can actually go and you can see with that, like that URL added to the token, what, what that represents. It, it's making me think of two things and tell me um, 
if this is if these are viable or but the, the the two things are on the one hand we talk about fundraising we just mentioned a few minutes ago how fundraising is part of the ionomy game platform to raise funds for games and a lot of indie game dev uh hashtags if you follow that hashtag on twitter these are just this is just one person who has gotten uh what is it uh um uh, uh, Unity 3D or has gotten uh, Unreal and they've cooked up a game. It's one person. And so now they're going to go on Kickstarter to try and put their hand out. And it seems like crypto is a natural, like, again, it's already proven to be a decent way to raise money. And then the other thing is that if um, my accountant has never asked about my Kickstarter donations, whether it's somebody's making a documentary film or a band that I already like is, you know, they want to self-fund their new album. Um, there's no regulatory inquiry into my giving them money. And it just seems like it would be easier. And, and by the way, something that I think about all the time is branding. So now you've branded your money, you've associated it with your project. And I don't know, I just, I, I feel like, Fundraising, again, you could be in a bad situation with your house, but also in a lot of other situations where you could raise money that has this particular function or association with the project. And it seems like it fits with what's already happening out there. Yeah. And, and you know, that's something that's what's important about us trying to get um, that platform, that opportunity for, you know, here is sample art, here is, you know, a video of what the game could be like, and here is, you know, a package that you would get if you bought, you know, a certain amount of token um, into our game. And, you know, that's just one side of it. You know, we're talking about games that are fundraising, they're, you know, in development stage, and there's, there's a little bit of a gamble when you fundraise, because there are plenty of projects that started, and, you know, but at least there's a representation that, you know what, I put this money here on the blockchain. You can never delete it. Everyone has it. Here is my money that I put towards this game. And let's just say it's made 20 years later you know, or five years later or whatever. You can still show, hey, I was a, um, I was a believer at this time and I believed in you guys. And here, here's my hash. Here's my representation of my, my trust in you and when I gave you know, $400, $500 or whatever, you know. So let's circle back. I feel like that's a decent uh, place to pivot back into some of the more tactical stuff. But I feel like you know that so much better than I do. It's an opportunity to share some of it with the community. With We talked about immutability. I mean, is there a difference with censorship proof? I think we talked about this a little before we started uh, recording. But w one thing we did record about was when... If you, if you compare this to what ETH offers for tokens, you could just peel away that entire layer and there wouldn't be an issue. What is censorship proof or censorship resistance and how does that relate to what we've got going for tokens? Yeah, you know, one of the things is you'll find anywhere and you can find this with Twitter, taking down people's tweets. You can find this with Facebook. They'll block your post. Uh, you can find this in any atmosphere where the government um, will come down and say, hey, you can't let someone do this. You can't say this. And you, and they have this, essentially they have someone to target. 
and they find the entity who's hosting it or whatever, and they say, hey, you, Facebook, you need to stop letting that, you know, that person tweet because that is not okay. And what happens is, is if I wanted to create a coin or a token, that, not a coin, sorry, a token, that is representative of something that I'm passionate about, and let's just say it might be... Hey, Ryan, real quick, what the, what the difference between coins and tokens? That's more for okay. me personally, but you just hit on yeah. it, and I want to... So essentially, you know, when you, you see ICOs, an ICO is I we are going to typically what happens is I'm going to fork off of a major coin, whether let's just say it's Bitcoin, right? Um, just like Litecoin, the way they did theirs. And I'm going to make it 10 times faster than Bitcoin. And so you're like, well, I'm going to be, you know, copper coin and I'm going to do, you know, a thousand times faster than Bitcoin, right? All you do essentially is you fork the code over to you, your Git. You, you know, obviously using your tools, you essentially change the values by 10 in the areas they need to, or a thousand if you're doing like a copper coin type thing. And all you're doing at that point is you're now you're generating a whole new token. It's hard, sorry, a whole new coin, all coins that are in their own chain completely, and and the chain has, is at zero. Nothing's ever been existing, nothing's been generated, and to start the initialization is you essentially have to make genesis blocks that have the information of how much coin is existing in the very beginning of your coin. And so without that, there's no coin existing, there's no chain, but that's the thing that kickstarts your chain. And now then you start having mining, then you start having blocks, then you start sending, people can send receive. Tokens. It's not, you're not worried about block creation. You don't, you're not starting at zero. Correct. You're on an existing chain. That chain has been running for three, no, what's it, four years now? Um, Or maybe it's three and a half. Sorry, probably should be specific about that. But essentially, that, that, it's been running for three plus years. Okay. We essentially are running at a point now where this chain, has been running. It's trusted. This doesn't just show up out of nowhere. I think one of the one of the scariest things you can do is participate in an ICO because you just don't know what it is. You don't know who the people are, and you might know them, and that doesn't mean you're not going to get scammed. Um, and so, participating with the token, this system's already created. It already has proof. There's already coins. You can you can already track all the coins as they are, and tokens is like a trusted situation where you're not having to trust a you know by creating your own new ico and hoping that your developers don't just like you know cut you off and you know take all the coin and sell it while behind your back and you're just like oh no it's already too late like the (laughs) you know what i mean right and that and and i think that brings us back to this concept of it's censorship proof in other words you're not you're not in fear of someone either changing your relationship to the supply or or just making your stuff go away. My understanding of these ION tokens is once they're out in the world, they're yours and nobody can do anything. No one on the Ionomy team. No I mean they're they're immutable. They're they're in the yeah. world for real. And, and and you know even if I created a hundred thousand tokens, okay, and I called it like scam coin, I sold it to all these people, 
I then melted all the coin and was like, ha, 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 that there are still in the blockchain all the iterations of what I did. Okay, you can't get rid of those. Those are, it is, like you said, immutable in the sense of, like, those coins did exist. And yes, maybe they might be melted now, but there is a record of of it being done and it did exist at some one point in time. So Yeah, this is the thing about crypto and blockchains that I feel like people don't get. And it makes me so frustrated. It's not... It's radically transparent. It's not about like yep. hiding stuff and doing things. If anything, it's much easier to find out to retrace the breadcrumbs uh, with crypto transactions. All right, let's. Well, yeah, oh yeah. no, I, I, I want to get your I, reaction I just to that. To say, yeah, you know, I just want to say one thing. If you really think that you're on Bitcoin and you're going to go do something illegal in the, the in the FBI and CIA, you know, in America, right? You know, they're 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 not going to get you. You know, even Interpol and all that, like. They Bitcoin is it is traceable. I've seen a lot of reports. I've seen a lot of even you know, documentaries on how like Silk Road was a good example. They can it takes time and the technology is still being built, but they can find things. They can find out origin wallets. They can trace the money here and there. And yeah, it gets complicated, but they have infinite resources in the sense of time and throwing people on it. So don't think it's just like this. Oh, whatever, like Bitcoin, like you can do whatever you want in Bitcoin. Like, well, no, it's getting a lot more complicated now. So you, there are things that I wouldn't recommend you doing in Bitcoin because guess what? With enough effort, they can figure out exactly who you are and they can, they can pinpoint you. And that's, if you're doing something nefarious, I, you should probably in some way be worried. So, All right. So on that note, Anything else going on in Ionomy land you want to share with the community? Um, you know, there is there is some um, there's some there's some really cool things that we um, at Ionomy essentially have been thinking about doing. There is like the idea of, you know, how like Fortnite, right? Like you don't play Fortnite the game and, and you, know, you don't spend money on Fortnite because you want to play Fortnite. You, sp- you play money on you, you spend money on Fortnite because you want to get the skins, right? And we're trying to develop a new way using tokens to essentially incentivize people to hold Ion, incentivize people to have a master node, incentivize people to use Ionomy, and you could potentially get some rewards. Some and a lot of times those reward those rewards could have chance, you know. And we're trying to. Um, invent new ways and cool ways to utilize tokens to um, kind of like make it fun, kind of gamify it a little bit. Like, you know, maybe if I hold a certain amount of ion, I have a chance of potentially winning something. And that something could be small. That, that something could be really big. And so we're hoping to release that in the next couple months and, you know, just do fun things that seem a lot more like you're, you're, rewarded just for participating just for being in it and you don't necessarily have to have you know a bunch of master notes to be one of those people who reward gets a reward or or, or get to the top of a leaderboard yeah like, exactly with the tournaments because yeah. you know like, like how many people in the world are the number one of every, of every game but what happens if you just happen to be a participant or just even be there and they you happen to win a reward like that's always fun right just even the opportunity yeah all right um so we'll look forward to hearing more about that. I really appreciate you coming on, and uh, I hope you'll come back. Um, and uh, again, thank you to uh, Ryan Garrison. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm really happy to, to come on and, and uh, chat a little bit about this stuff. I will not make any deals with you. I've resigned. I will not be pushed, filed, stamped, indexed, briefed, debriefed, or numbered. My life is my own. Okay, just a couple of things. First of all, uh, I have to subscribe, probably like a lot of people who listen to this, I subscribe to crypto news alerts. And I will say that one of the most irritating things in my life currently is getting a news alert that Bitcoin has dropped below 10,000 or that Bitcoin is now above 10,500. Um, these seem to me to be really microscopic changes back and forth and to have these fake process stories about how something happened within a half hour. Uh, it's just very irritating. It's very time consuming. And uh, I find it to be exhausting. Okay. The other uh, is a story that highlights the insanity of this business. And I'm sure a lot of you saw this, but I had to highlight it. Uh, if you didn't, this is from South Africa, and it is a combination of something really sad and also something really absurd and kind of hysterically funny. Sfelele Skumza Mbata was the operator of a business called Bitcoin Wallets, and he was promising investors a 100% return on their investment within 15 days. Um, beautiful, beautiful get-rich-quick pitch that he had there. And apparently, at least according to him, within the last month, he was taking in 140-plus thousand U.S. per day. Per day. So what happened? What happened is he ran out of money. Um, he has fled the country. Nobody knows where he is. And a few days ago, uh, a, an angry mob set his house on fire. So it's my understanding that no one was injured, although there was a great deal of property damage. But people he owed money to uh, have burned down his house. And that is a little snapshot of the insanity and the absurdity and sort of the hysterical nature of crypto business in 2019. All right, that is going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to Ryan Garrison for participating and giving his insight. And I know he and I will talk more. And right now, I need to tell you that nothing in this podcast constitutes professional, legal, or financial advice. Crypto markets can be really volatile, and everyone is strongly urged do your own research. Consult with the appropriate financial professional. Also, this podcast is independent but not unbiased. I, myself, am a member of the Ionomy team, but I've been given some time and resources outside of that work to do this project on my own, and that's why it's an MPOMI production and it doesn't come from an Ionomy.com webpage. Also, I am definitely shilling for Ionomy. Of course I am. But it's not all we talk about here. So stay tuned for the next episode. And thank you for listening to the Ionomics community. Adam's in the back. 
Ions are all stacked Electrons won't be back But now our mother's up to bat Bidding on a coin huh? You can win your portion I've been in with you We use the business of fun Can't nobody invest in something